In a world that tells us that we outgrow picture books, one author seeks to tell a different story. Picture books are for grown-ups too. Hello friends, welcome to Picture Books Are For Grown-Ups Too, the podcast where we believe you're never too old for a great picture book. And we also believe that these tiny tales can lead to big connection. I'm your host, Patrice Scopo, and I write lyrical stories that celebrate joy, expand understanding, and foster compassion. I'm the author of the essay collection, All the Colors We Will See. My debut picture book, All the Places We Call Home, is based on one of the essays in my collection. Thanks for joining in today's conversation. I'm delighted to have you here. Hello, 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 picture book pals. It's super fun to have Carter Higgins on the show today. We'll be talking about her book, Big and Small and In Between, illustrated by Danielle Miaras. Carter is the author of many books for young readers, including Everything You Need for a Treehouse, which is a super fun book, and was an NPR Best Book of the Year. This is Not a Valentine, a kid's indie next list selection and the chapter book series, Audrey L and Audrey W. Her first book as both author and illustrator, Circle Under Barry, was named a best book of 2021 by Publishers Weekly, Smithsonian Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. Carter is a creative storyteller who designs playful experiences around visual literacy and believes the wit of kids' language is the best poetry of all. She is an Emmy-winning visual effects and motion graphics artist and spent a decade as an elementary school librarian. Welcome, Carter, to Picture Books Are For Grownups Too. I am so happy to have you on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Nice to see you and hear from you. I love talking about picture books, so this will be fun. Oh, great. Well, I think it's going to be a great conversation. Well, to just get us started, we often associate picture books with young children, but here at Picture Books Are For Grownups Too, I believe you're never too old for a great picture book. And I also believe you don't have to be a child or have a child or teach children to read and enjoy a picture book. So I would love to hear your thoughts about why you believe grownups benefit from reading picture books as well. Oh, what a great question. I, picture books do something really interesting with storytelling and it doesn't have to be a narrative story it can be sort of a concept or an experience but they are by design so short and accessible yes. and um almost like put downable i guess as mm. writers like we don't want stories that people can put down but like there's something that you can drop in put it away, revisit it later. And I think that is, is a, a way of storytelling that benefits anybody's yes. brain or interest. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love what you say about that idea. And I think you highlight some really important factors about picture books that I don't know that we always talk about or think about. So yeah, thank you for those things. And you know, the other thing is that you can't be a grown up in this world without having been a kid first. So, Ooh, I love that. Let's just pause with that <laughs> comment for a moment because it's so true, right? There's no way we make it to adulthood without first having been a child. Right, right. There's um, an editor named Ursula Nordstrom who worked in the like mid uh, 20th century and published people like Ruth Krauss and Margaret Wise Brown. Mm -hmm. and 
Shel Silverstein, and and she has a quote. She was not married, not didn't have children, wasn't a school teacher, wasn't mm-hmm. a librarian. And somebody asked her, you know, what business do you have making all of these books for kids? And her, uh, the quote she said that has really stuck with me is, uh, I'm going to get it wrong now that I said that, but it's something like, um, I was a child once and I haven't forgotten a thing. And oh, I think that's exactly wow. why. Yeah, that's a lot of why I make books. And there's a yes. trick to that that makes them really suitable for, for everybody. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. And I will make sure that we find that quote so I can put it in the show notes so people can read that. But I think that's really, it just really speaks to that reality that you shared. Well, we are actually going to talk specifically about your book, Big and Small and In Between, which is such a delightful book. But I want to share a little bit about the book and the book summary for people out there who are listening who aren't familiar with this book. So let me just read this little statement about the book. This wide, wonderful world contains many things. Some things are as big as a family of bears. Some are as small as a reflection in a puddle. Some things are felt rather than seen. In between it all is you. What kinds of things will you collect? This lovely lyrical book collects the world by size. Every page encapsulates one precious moment that perfectly represents both a size and an experience a beautiful, giftable meditation on what it means to be a kid and what it means to be a human. Carter, that description is so gorgeous. I love it. I wonder if you have anything else you want to add to that, or maybe it's just perfect just as it is. But in addition, I would love to hear just a little bit about the origins of this story. What drove you to create this particular picture book? Yeah, it's it's fun. It's always fun to hear the sort of flap copy that you just read about a book, because in some ways I wish I had had that guiding light when I start a book, right? Okay. Like you hear it described, yes. and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. Like, that is it. And of course, like beginning a book is never that clear. Well, at least not for me. <laughs> it's a it's bit not of for like, me either. It's yeah, not for me It's either. like wading through some thick mud and trying to figure out what am I actually saying? Right. So, you know, hearing what it has become, mm-hmm. and it's true, <laughs> uh, is really sort of just a, a satisfying thing about making anything, I would imagine. But mm-hmm. this one, so it's true there. It's it's not a traditional narrative arc with characters or like epic journey <laughs> of mm-hmm, sorts. Mm-hmm. There are some characters that are recurring in their experiences that they're having, but it's mostly a collection of poems or mm. vignettes. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, it a list, really, if if you were to see my manuscript for it, it would just be like a long list of things. In fact, the original title for this book was a collection of things. Oh, <laughs> so it's I love a that. pretty perfect way to describe the the origin story for it, because as I was crafting these little moments and vignettes, I was doing that, organizing them by size. Okay. Okay. It started off as like a long list of small things. Yes. (laughs) And then um, it was sort of early on, it became clear that like, oh, well, this is a small thing, but says who? Mm -hmm, (laughs) You know, mm -hmm. maybe like the bear is a small thing to like 
the sun. Yes. <laughs> and, and maybe a bear is a, even a baby bear is a gigantic thing to, you know, a, a ladybug. Right. So that, that became kind of a, a, a loose way of organizing what I was writing mm-hmm. about. And the other thing that helps that or that just helped inform this manuscript early on was that I was teaching at the time. I was a school librarian. I didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of time to sit at my desk and uh, write stories endlessly. Mm-hmm. So the the nature of each stanza being just a quick um, insight into any one thing, those were uh, moments, poems, vignettes, whatever we want to land on that I could do, you know, one in this 20 minute pocket and then yes. you know, move on. So, so it's sort of like structurally emerged based on just what my life was looking like at the time. And yeah, uh, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Abs- there, there are several things here that I just adore about what you just shared. The first thing that comes to mind is what actually could fit into your actual life, what you were doing at the moment. So creating in that space, I realize this podcast is more about picture books are for grownups too, but we are creatives and we are just talking as well about the creative process. So I love that notion that you shared there. Something else that stood out to me as you were talking too is the ways in which you were thinking about you made that comment says who the sun may think the a bear is small and just this nature of how we exist in the world relative to what and what that might be. So I think that's a really interesting question that you're raising with this book. And then the last thing that I really enjoyed that you shared was the idea about lists. So I, uh, for listeners who don't know, I teach classes about writing essays. So I'm also a personal essayist. I teach classes about writing essays. And one of the activities I love to lead people in is creating list essays where we take a particular topic and then start listing these items, I'm not even sure what we should call them, vignettes you said, or or statements, whatever they may be, just taking that topic and listing. And I think there can be such power in what you create when you create a list. So thank you for all of you those know, it, I think part of that fun for me and maybe for you is that you can get deeper into a topic or an idea because by making a list, you're actually just continuing to brainstorm. Yes. You can't just stop at the first thing and right. write an essay or write a story around like your first idea. It's like, right. well, let me just keep going. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I think there's, there's a, a depth to that, that for me, I can't always find with narrative stories. Um, mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. I, I have a, a more difficult time there. Yes. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that is really true. There's that sense of just keep going and yes. keep going yeah. and see what this might become. So I, I love that as well. <laughs> So I am just thinking about this story as well. And we are thinking about ways in which this story can connect with adult readers. What are some of the emotions and experiences that you see showing up, maybe reoccurring in this book that might somehow connect with the adult reader as well? I love that question. One of the the ways we talk about this book is that it's a playful meditation on being a kid. And if we... Mm-hmm broaden that and and consider this a playful meditation on being a human per- mm-hmm. person. Yes. I think there's some truth to that. One something that the physical quality of this book is pretty unusual for a picture book. It's long. It's almost 100 pages. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Miaris who is the illustrator of this book had this just brilliant idea to place each moment, each poem, each vignette on its own spread. Mm-hmm. So there's a real unrushed feeling 
to experiencing this book, mm-hmm. you yes. have to go slow. Yes, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I agree. It really slows down that experience. And, and so then because of its size and because of the way that we designed it in order to slow you down, it's almost like a coffee table book mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. You don't mm-hmm. have to start at the beginning and read from start to finish. You can, of course. Um but I think this is a book that would benefit from a flip through, just open mm. it to a page and consider this moment, you know, yes. it's like where the snail has traveled or like, yeah. what is the um, seed doing on this page? Or like, where has this butterfly been? And, you know, I think the past few years of our uh, world mm. <laughs> have caused a, a lot of us to to slow down. My own uh, mindfulness meditation practice has been really a key support mm. <laughs> for uh, just engaging in this world. And I, I think there's, you know, I wrote this book long before any of that, but there's a quality of just mindfulness here that yes. I think is, is a excellent thing for um for grown-ups today in particular. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I yes, absolutely. I think that really comes through in the book. And you know, I hadn't thought about what you just said about, you know, just flip it open and kind of dwell with what you see on that page. I think what an a fabulous way of thinking about that as well. So I I just want to move on a little bit here and talk a little bit maybe more deeply about the ways in which picture books can serve as gateways of creating spaces that encourage human thriving. And by this, I often think that picture books can help us celebrate the beauty of our own stories, but also help connect us with one another. So I am thinking particularly related to your book. Do you have some sort of activity grownups can engage with or a question people might ask themselves to help them more deeply connect with their own story? Uh, yeah, I love that question too. If we take that idea of being uh, just having a mindful reading of this book, you know, there's there's one page in particular I'm thinking about, and it's in the section of big things. Mm-hmm. And the big thing in this case is um, how quiet it gets on stage when oh. it's your turn and you're not too sure about your talent. Yes. And yeah. the picture Daniel has drawn is this teeny tiny little kid standing on a chair with this, you know, triangle, (laughs) like the most dainty of instruments that there Mm -hmm. is. And the spotlight is, is pouring over her. And there's this real feeling of like, oh, it's, it's this hushed, scary, big, brave thing that quiet. So if I were to ask grownups to engage with that in particular, like, how do you feel when you have to do something brave and scary you know it is a question or just that that line of questioning we talk about with our kids so often but what about us Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know can we can we ask ourselves like how how we feel about things and find ourselves face to face with big scary emotions so I think I would do that you know I don't as an as a creative person as an artist like I really benefit from a a journaling practice both Mm -hmm. for my own like mental clarity and, and space from like getting it all out of my brain and onto the page. But also, um, I don't think you have to be an artist or a creative person to, to benefit from that. 
I agree. I think yeah. so many of us could benefit from that practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I said that there's a lot of memory here. If you were to flip it open, you know, coffee table style to the scene where there's two kids that are balancing perfectly on a seesaw, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can you extrapolate a, a journaling prompt for yourself of like, yes. when have I felt like that? How, what can I do to get there? What is weighing me down yes. and, and throwing me off? And I don't, oh, I love that. I yeah, like, love that idea of doing something like that. And sometimes like for me, like I assume as a creative person or as someone who has had a journaling practice for a long time, like I'm just going to sit there and like, it's just going to flow out and I'm going to tackle my emotions and my feelings and face them head on. And a lot of times the blank page is incredibly scary. <laughs> so mm -hmm. a, a, just a prompt, a way of thinking about something using some pictures in here might my benefit. I think so. I think absolutely. And so we've kind of thought about turning inward, how we can more deeply connect with our own stories. But do you have any thoughts about ways in which we can use this book to more deeply connect with the other people in our lives, thinking about maybe one grown up connecting with another grown up out there in the world? Yeah, I think there's this really interesting idea, like you you talk about it quite a bit of, of the community of storytelling mm -hmm. and the shared experiences that stories can reveal, right? Mm -hmm. They're like a flashlight onto um, who we are and how we connect. And I, I think this book, but picture books in general are great tools for that because there's a lot of like, oh yeah, like this happened to me too. Or I remember feeling like, you know, feeling like this or um just that shared experience mm. of, of what it feels like to exist as a, as a person in the world, yes. <laughs> right? Not to, yes. not to ignore like very real differences in the, right. like, like structural problems that prevent these conversations from happening, but there's sort of a, a shared memory, I think, to, yes. to stories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that as well. And I, I've just felt so inspired just thinking about the things you shared. And actually I will say Carter, next time I'm teaching one of my introduction to essay classes, I often give writing prompts and I feel like this book will provide some wonderful writing prompts, whether thinking about an image or even thinking about some unique ideas of what kind of lists we could create. So I think there's a whole lot that is here. Well, we are coming to an end of this fabulous conversation. I wonder if you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share regarding anything we talked about or just any upcoming projects that you might like to talk about, whatever you might want to talk about here. And then after that, I'll hear about where we can find you. Yeah, you know, I was, I, I laugh sometimes about working in children's publishing. And if you say that to somebody outside of what we do, it's kind of like, oh, like, how cute, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, how sweet, like, you must get to sit around and read all day. And I heard that a lot, too, as a librarian. And I mean, you know, as a creative person, there's a lot of work behind this, right? The idea that, um, the idea that it is so important has to be at the forefront of all of our minds when we're creating work for kids because of everything that we have been saying here that that the the audience can really you know grow. So what I see what what I see a lot is people saying like oh ha ha like I don't even have young kids anymore and I just bought some books at the bookstore like aren't I fun? And like, I love that. Like, yeah, you are fun. Like mm -hmm. that is amazing. Like, don't yes. be afraid to collect picture books yes. as a grown up who has no connection to children. Yes. That doesn't make you like strange or weird. That makes you like a curator of really beautiful art and yes. um, a collector of stories. And I, I love that for us. So yes. <laughs> if, if anyone is ever feeling like a little shy about admitting, you know, love for kids books, like 
there are those of us that do this day in and day out. And like, we're doing it for you too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's great. I, I love that. That it, uh, Yes, I love that encouragement to people out there. Well, everyone, the book is big and small and in between, and it is fabulous. I encourage everyone to go out and get a copy. Carter, thank you so much for being a guest today on Picture Books Are For Grownups Too. Thank you for sharing how your tiny tale can lead to big connection. Please let us know where we can find out more about you and your work. Thanks, Patrice. Yeah, I'm at carterhiggins.com. That's the best place to find me. From there, you can learn all about my books, uh, my teaching, other social media platforms that where I hang out and chit chat, but that's the best spot for it all, carterhiggins.com. Well, sounds perfect. Well, thank you so much, Carter. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Patrice. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you loved what you heard, please leave a review. Reviews really help others find the show. If you'd like to receive email updates about new episodes, please go to patricegopo.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And remember, the world may tell us that we outgrow picture books, but we have the power to tell a different story. Until next time, keep reading picture books because picture books are for grown-ups too.